Here we go! Hey there, my name is Bubba. I'm Anna. And you are listening to Church Nerds, which is a brand new podcast partnership between Love Thy Nerd and Back Row Radio. Now, a little bit about us. Uh, like I said, my name is Bubba, and I'm a founding member of Love Thy Nerd. I have spent almost eight years in nerd culture and nerd culture missions, and I've been on church staff since 2008, serving right now as the young adult pastor at our church. And a little bit about my wife here. I'm Anna. Um, I've done inner city mission work in Chicago. I have partnered in ministry pretty much everywhere that we've been, whatever we were doing, if we were in youth ministry or um, nerd we, ministry, whatever wherever. we're doing, yeah. wherever. Uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm a homeschooling mom of three kids, and <laughs> I am sometimes the, monsters, but yeah, mostly kids. Yes. Uh, I'm the resident yarn snob and seam, seamstress extraordinaire. That is true. I have the, the, the crafty business on lockdown in our home, <laughs> at least. Um, and really, I'm just a nerd by association. Um, there are a couple nerdy things about me that you'll find out, but we'll get generally yeah. I tag along. Yeah, absolutely. And you're uh, absolutely wonderful. Anything that I do that's nerdy, you find a way to get involved in that whether that's like a game night at the church or whatever. And like, I, I absolutely love it. And it creates space in our ministry for us to do it together, which we decided a long time ago. That was super duper important because I have a tendency to isolate a little bit when I do this stuff. Um, right now I'm traveling. Oh, man, December was crazy for me just traveling. I traveled the weekend before Christmas. And so us being a partnership and being in this together actually really helps a ton. It's also worth noting that this partnership with Back Row Radio is something that we have already been doing. We have Love Thy Nerd Critical Hit that plays every week, or Hector really just shares something that's on his heart about nerd culture. And you guys have probably heard that before if you listen to Back Row regularly, or you know, dare I say, religiously. Um, I think oh. I can say that. We can do that. This podcast is really going to be about like the crossroads between nerd culture and church culture, which is really, uh, that's, that's the beat of my heart. Like that's, that's the reason I do the things that I do with both Love Thy Nerd and also in the church work that we'll talk about when we talk about our church cred here in a minute. But also just with Back Row Radio in general, I've known Matt Coker forever. Um, there is an episode of our podcast and also his podcast, we had to split it up into two, where we just go into detail about how we know each other and really the things that we have done over the years. I knew him in, I almost said elementary school, I actually knew him in middle school. We went to the same middle school together, then we went to the same high school together, we started Bible studies together. Uh, he and I have been doing ministry together for a number of years, and it doesn't look right now like it's slowing down because here we are. My ministry is doing a podcast with his ministry. So, uh, and you, you knew his wife. You know his wife. She's, well, she's still with us. Yeah. Some, yeah. Our friendship didn't go back as far as uh, Bubba and Matt's, but 
you know, we were actually both in their wedding, Matt and Deidre's wedding. That's, we were not together. before we were ever a thing. Yeah. That, so, those are fun pictures to look back on. They're I say awkward. fun in jest. They are not very fun pictures to look back on. Because I look at those pictures and say, how did I ever get a date? <laughs> and I look at those pictures with like the people you were walking down the aisle with and the people I was walking down the aisle with. Yeah. I played a song at their wedding. Like we did not, I don't even remember talking to you. No, we probably didn't at talk at wedding. all. No, we, we weren't really friends, you and I, not at a, that no, point in time. No. But it's yes, fine. We've we worked known, it out. We've known them for a while. Yeah. And yeah, it's good. Well, let's let's kind of move ahead. Let's tell you guys a little bit about the church cred that we have, um, because honestly, I want you guys to understand, those of you that are going to be listening to this podcast and sharing it with your friends, that we kind of know a little bit about what we're talking about here. Um, so let's start with our church stuff. So um, Anna, you, you have probably the most cred of both of us. Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, I am deeply rooted, my family is deeply rooted in um, Christianity in the church. I was basically born, I was almost born at church. I mean, I was <laughs> technically born at home, but I probably was at church that Sunday. Um, there's actually pictures of me in our current church's nursery when I was a baby, which is really super weird when somebody <laughs> came and like showed this to me. Um, I was, as far as kind of church nerd vein goes, I am a super Awana nerd, or I was. Man, I, I had my meritorious award, if anybody knows what that is. I don't even know what that is. I feel like in the, t- the 10 plus years Not that my we've meritorious, been I'm sorry, my citation is like the big daddy, big mamma jamma. It's- You really I could have said any word. I don't know what they mean. An ostentatious uh, badge- pin section on my uniform basically could have fallen over i had it all um and that was yeah that was a big deal to me so for those that don't know what awanas is just awana see there's no here we go every time what what is it it is boy scouts for christian kids Basically, so scripture memorization, it's changed a lot over the years. But Boy Scouts without like the campouts and the fires and all that stuff. Um, There was a, a section about hiking and nature. Did you do it or did you just read about well, it? You, you had to go on a nature hike. Which meant that you just went down to probably Green Acres Park and walked yeah, around for Yeah, I mean, it was pretty loosely <laughs> regulated. There are, there are RAs and GAs, and that's probably more akin to like actual like yeah, Boy Scouting yeah, things. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's true. But it was kind of that, yeah, like community, cool boys and in. girls club. The boys and girls were separated. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much the whole time. And Christianity. Yeah. yeah I gotcha. Well, I don't. If you've ever tried to work with co-ed groups, it's harder <laughs> than working. Only all the time. Um, yeah. But yeah, there were there was lots of um, terminology that's probably not politically correct anymore and nah. all of that way back in the day when we were doing it because you also were in Awana. I was, but I was like, I wasn't really in Awana. I remember going and doing it and... Yeah, I, I mentioned just a minute ago about the circle, like the Awana circle. That yeah, was where man. all of the stuff happened. So yeah. you got to run around and chase the beanbag and get the bowling pin. And I You're don't know. bad at this. You don't remember anything no, about Awana I, games. What are, you, are you kidding me? 
No, that those are the games that we used to play. I was not in the Awana Chasing Olympics. Chasing beanbags. Never? No, I never did Awana oh, Olympics. Oh, man. See, okay, here's the other thing about me is that I was homeschooled. And so and Awana... Very competitive. Yes, Awana was my outlet. I really was the kind of kid who learned better and thrived in social situations. And those situations only happened at church or at Awana. <laughs> and so all of my athleticism... And I was pretty athletic. Still, all of yep. my all of my competitive nature and needing to be better than other people, that all came out at Awana. So yeah, I was all about the Awana Olympics and Bible quiz and um, <laughs> anything else you could Sword do. Sword drills. Yeah. Well, those those, those are different. I, I see, I don't even I I can't even hang in this. I was a part of Awana. I could probably right now sing you every theme song. I did not even know there was one theme song, let alone multiple. Well, yeah. hey, I'm very happy for you that you are. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like, she is the cred. And you're like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was big into VeggieTales. I, f- I think when I was a teenager, <laughs> a teenager, probably 13 or 14 years old, I remember having a VeggieTales themed birthday at my pastor's no. house. Oh, 100%. For you? Cool? Like, Absolutely. No, for you. Oh, like- yes, for me. Yeah. Well, I had a VeggieTales themed oh birthday my party. Heavens. It was it was a cool. Don't worry, hey, don't judge me, bro. Okay, I'm don't VeggieTales shame me. VeggieTales, I don't know. VeggieTales were fun. This was when they were cool, though. Like this, we're not talking whatever the new thing that they're on is. I can't even remember what it's called. Oh, I don't post know. Netflix, whatever the new like Christian oh, thing yeah. that they're on is. Yeah, this was when they were like a thing. This was this was this was pre fall. Is this like? Around the time when Jonah, pre Jonah came out, pre Jonah. Okay. Okay. So Jonah, I think was we had we hit the top of the bell curve with Jonah, and we were on our way down. So, but anyway, I mean, like that's what I VeggieTales is what I go back to, and I, all the Christian, you know, music and all that stuff in high school, and I had, I think we destroyed some CDs. Like I went through the whole thing, guys. I I was a part of that. And then also, you know, small stuff like being on church staff full-time since 2008. Um, it's currently 2019. Bragg. Yeah, it's just a li- little stuff like that. And currently right now serving as the young adult pastor. And in that, we have created a, an organization that just was birthed out of a need, out of, you know, six years already of being in nerd culture and nerd culture ministry, this, this mission field. And wanting to basically just tell people, hey, Jesus loves you. And that's super important. Um, So let's talk a little bit about our nerd cred. Oh, wait, before we do. Oh, okay. Favorite VeggieTales, because I'm dying to know. Uh, Well, so (laughs) it's super spiritual. Um, It's uh, the cheeseburger song. That's my favorite VeggieTale of all time. Uh, Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Like the Ballad of Little Joe is my favorite. That's the whole... The whole thing. No, I, I don't think I would take a whole lot of them. Um, I liked a lot of the Larry Boy stuff. Larry oh. Boy was my, oh, because oh, he was basically a superhero. Like my nerd goes way back. Okay. It's, it's super okay. deep. That's legit. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. it's, but cheeseburger. I mean, I, that goes, oh, okay. It runs real deep, real deep on me. Um, and I'll probably sing that. 
to my grandkids. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to sing it to us now. No, 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 no. I don't don't want to flag. I don't know if if we want to monetize or anything like that. So, (laughs) you know, I just want to keep that money safe. Uh, So nerd cred. Let's talk about two things. I want to talk about what's the first tabletop game you remember playing and also what's the first video game you remember playing. So what it tabletop game. And just to clarify, tabletop is anything that you play on top of a table or other surface that's no, otherwise no, not no boards required necessarily necessarily but if it is a board game yeah, it's, it's probably fine oh well now i just actually saying that made me think it might be something else well i'll just go with what i okay. so um <laughs> hand and foot canasta was basically what i grew up on um that's how i learned to count by fives and tens yeah. my family would play that Every holiday, no matter whose house we went to, we just had big old bags of cards um, because you play with like, I don't know, five decks or a lot something, a whole bunch of decks. And um, I actually was recently talking to some people who were like, oh man, that game's so complicated. And I was like, really? It's Is it? Because for count. me, it's so second nature because I've been playing it for so long. That's just... That's how we grew up. I was literally talking to somebody about this the other day when I was away on my trip. And the thing that I said to them was, because they played Canasta also. I mentioned hand and foot. They didn't realize what I was talking about. And then I said Canasta. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love Canasta. And I said, that's cool. Um, (laughs) Mainly what happens when I play Canasta with your family, because we still play this game to this day. It's been a few years. Well, but all I would have to do is say hand and foot and we'd be in. So basically what happens every single time, and I guarantee you it'll happen the next time, is I pretend like I know what I'm doing, and I let my teammate count the cards. I'll always That's ask, fine. There's, a, there's a point value to when you actually go down, and oh, what, well, what round are we in? I think I'm pretty close, and I'll play down like I know what I'm doing, and just let somebody correct me if I'm not, Oh. and it takes probably three <laughs> hands for me to get into it. It's okay. Fake it till you make it. Like, that's my motto. Yeah. Well, that works with a lot of games. So and never on fine. your team because that's not how it no, works. No, because we always play boys versus girls. Yeah. Bucks versus does. Yep. I don't. Why is it a deer analogy? Ooh, or could it could be rabbits. Because Texas. I guess. It's definitely not rabbits. I can tell you that much because I didn't even know that was a thing until you just said it. But we raised Angora rabbits. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of things okay. that will probably come out in subsequent Whatever. episodes. Um, okay. So, first video game that you remember playing. Uh, well, there are, are a couple and I don't really, so, um, Age of, Age of Empires, Empires two, two, oh yeah, yeah we I had don't two know, on it. it was just whatever we had, I wore that game out because it was on a CD, <laughs> um, and yeah, that was a lot, a lot of fun to me, I also played Shining Force, the PC version. I don't know if there's a. I don't think you even have video to game make, version. I don't think you have to 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 create a delineation there because most of the people listening to this podcast are not going to know what Shining well, Force is. That is hands down. I had to look of it up my when you own accord. It. I think. I don't know. I've heard it mentioned some other places, um, but that's probably the nerdiest game that I remember playing. I think. Oof. My first board game, tabletop game, non-video game was probably some version of Chinese checkers. Like if I'm going back, I think 
I don't want to, you're looking at me cross-eyed. I don't think that we ever played it correctly because when I was growing up, we didn't play board games. Yeah. We didn't play tabletop games. Everybody had a copy of Monopoly. The family that plays together stays together. Hey, that's a low blow. I come yeah. from a broken home. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said it's, that. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm not, I don't harbor anything about it. We're, Anna and I are really sarcastic tongue-in-cheek people. So like that's, it's completely fine. You'll, you'll learn that as the show goes on. But we had some of those like games like Monopoly and Scrabble and yada, 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 yada. Boo. Nobody ever played games correctly. That's why y'all didn't play games. Yeah, That's because you only had terrible you're games. You're probably right. I did not grow up liking board games. I'll tell you that. Um, I just didn't. You know, we played like Solitaire and stuff like that. And given what my life is now, and we have staring at our, our board game shelves, plural, right now. And I know that there are some in the other room. We have over 200 games in this house that are in a box, board game, tabletop card, whatever. So having that information, I feel really bad for my younger self, and I'm trying to change that for our children, which I think that we're doing. I, I think our children are fine in the game They're way department. Fine. But video game, first video game I remember playing. This is easy for me. The very first video game I have a, a vivid memory of playing is Mortal Kombat on the Super Nintendo. Did you ever play Mortal Kombat? Probably. I watched my cousins not. play it. So oh, I played it. And I learned how whichever character does Aurora Revolution, I learned that move. Aurora was, Revolution? Yeah. I don't know which character I have it was. No idea but it was somebody special, and I just button mashed it and figured it out. You're sure this was Mortal Kombat? I'm pretty sure. Okay. We'll, we'll talk offline about that one because I've never heard Aurora Revolution. PlayStation? Was it a PlayStation game? It's not game? a PlayStation game. So it must have been a different fighting game. This is a lot of what this podcast is going to be, <laughs> is us trying to figure out what the other person is nerding out about. So I, I have vivid memory. The vivid memory for me is there was a, in between every other match or so, uh, you would have a test your might portion where you would try to, you know, mash buttons and then, you know, click another button, like the shoulder button or something, to then say... I'm ready to go. So you would mash buttons to get your meter filled and then oh. try to hit a line and you're trying to break different things. I think it started out with like wood, stone, diamond, whatever. Like it kept going like up your, and up and up. Black belt test. Basically. Okay. And it had absolutely no bearing on the game other mm -hmm. than your points would be higher. But guess who cared about points? Nobody, including the game. Okay. So I thought what the best thing to do with my tiny little hands would be to rub my knuckles across the oh, buttons. No. Yeah, you see where this is yeah, going, right? I do. Yeah, I would do that and do that and oh, do that no. until my knuckles were uh -huh. raw. Yeah. And for the longest time, just I had scabs, scabs all over Ick. my knuckles That's as a disgusting. kid. The yeah. amount of bacteria on that controller had to just be. <laughs> it's a wonder I'm still here. That's yeah. disgusting. Absolutely. Well, I actually do remember also playing Echo the Dolphin. Well, I mean, there's probably no end to the number bit. of games that you because you didn't, didn't have, have a, a we didn't have a system, so we would go to Christmas and whatever my cousins were into. So whether it was Sonic, yeah, or Echo the Dolphin or Mortal Kombat, yeah. eventually, which then my mom was like, "Don't play that game. That game's bad." Um, I still remember the Blood Code. Like, if you played it on Super Nintendo, there was no blood at all. If you played it on Sega Genesis, 
because Super Nintendo and the Nintendo company said, no way, no blood on our system, we're family friendly. It was baked into the game that there would be blood. You could hit somebody and stuff would come out, but it was not red. Well, you could change the color to red on Sega Genesis. And if you want to dust off your copy of Mortal Kombat, the code, ladies and gentlemen, is (laughs) A-B-A-C-A-B-B. You're welcome. That one's free. Um, I have a lot of those stupid things locked away up in my memory that Sometimes I call my kids by the wrong name, but I will never forget the blood code for Mortal Kombat on Sega Genesis. I just remember Bible verses from Awana. So. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back around to that. That is full circle. <laughs> and I'm telling you, she's got way more cred than I do. But hey, you know what? We're going to take a quick break, listen to some great hits here on Back Row Radio, and we come back. We're going to talk about different games, like what should we be playing? What should we be letting our kids play? And we are going to tackle that topic from a Love Thy Nerd perspective, after the break. Welcome back to Church Nerds, and today we're talking about the games that we should be playing or letting our kids play as a Christian family or a Christian unit. So here are the things that we kind of want to talk about in this segment, and it's particularly the games that we should let our kids play that we should play with them or that we would play as family game night or friends over if you're single, just these kinds of games in, in kind of this environment with a Christian family. So the first things that I want to, I want to talk about really is the games that your kids are already wanting to play. These are things that you should stay educated about. Do your homework. We are not going to talk about these games in this segment, but I want you to know kind of what your kids are interested in. And this is not a definitive list. Nothing that we are doing is a definitive list, but these are just some of the big things here. So you've got Fortnite, you've got Apex Legends, you've got Minecraft, you've got Pokemon, whether that's trading card game, which my kids are into right now, or the video game, which we are all I'm into, into that. right now. So um, you've also got things like Call of Duty that just will probably never go away. And another one that our family is really interested in, and a lot of people are as well, is Smash Bros. Right now we are in the ultimate portion of Smash Bros. on the Switch. But there are things that your kids are going to be going and looking for, and there's a thousand things out there that I didn't label that you know about. I would just say right now, If you don't know about it, we as parents, honestly, we should be up to date on these things that our kids are into. Um, I know that our kids, like Caleb came home, our seven-year-old came home and was like, Daddy, 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 Pokemon cards. Yep. I knew about Pokemon cards in middle school. Mm -hmm. I had not thought about them really until he came home and wanted to trade them. Right. And, you know, it's like what happens is you're, your kid go, you know, unless you have shared your nerd fandom with your child already, right. um, they go and they play with somebody else and that kid has whatever that thing is. And suddenly it's like, oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Now I want one. And or um, in our with Pokemon cards, like 
they were just given given them just away up to their the to their friends. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, he had Pokemon cards and started with just a couple. And I think even McDonald's was oh yeah giving out Pokemon cards as like yeah we throwback. went to McDonald's on purpose to get the Pokemon yeah. card in the meal. Yeah, and so that is how Pokemon started in this house, totally out of the like out of the blue. And it, like I said, middle school. So I'm very far removed from where Pokemon was back then and where it is now. So I had to do my research. I had to figure out what was going on. Could I get some cards that we could learn how to play the game? Because it's not just trading. It's an actual game that you can play. Which I don't know if that's like a little no, not. I mean, people know that it's a game. But I don't know that I have met any other kids who know how to play the game. Who've actually played. They yeah. are just mostly, it's like, it's like pogs or something. Yeah. You know, they're just trading them and getting whatever they think is cool. Any shiny little card, you know. <laughs> What's really funny is Caleb, he'll say, oh, this one's, this one's more important. And I'll say, why is it more important? Well, it has this many hit points and it does this much damage. And I say, well, but you don't have a deck to put that card into. So what does it even matter? You yeah. should be saying, look how cool this looks, or I like the shininess of the foil or whatever. Like those would be the things that would trigger me because, and I'll educate you all real quick right now, there was a card out there called a Charizard. Okay, it's a stage two evolution. Things are going to get real nerdy real quick. Like that's the whole point of this podcast, right? Okay, so it's a stage two Pokemon evolution from a Charmander to a Charmeleon to a Charizard. Like these are the cards that I grew up base evolution, base pack, first edition cards, right? The first edition, first print run, holographic Charizard card, just recently in 2019 sold on eBay for $40,000. So when I say to my kids, That is a really nice car. Yeah, yeah right? Half of a house. Half a house. Yeah. Right? So like when I say to my kids, hey, these things are currency, I, what I'm trying to say to them is you can trade them to your brother or sister for things that you want. Like right now for Christmas, we got all three of them uh, Pokemon cards. And our daughter really could not care any less about the actual cards themselves. But her brothers, on the other hand, are interested in these things. So I'm telling her, trade them to them, but don't trade them for other Pokemon cards. Trade them for things yeah, just and services. Manipulate as much as you can. Hey, she has something that they want. <laughs> you know, she, she has the money to buy the things. And that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to tell her. But I want you to know, like, there are things out there that you can play. There, there's Yu-Gi-Oh! There's Beyblade. There's uh, a hundred other things that are coming out. There's things like Keyforge and all sorts of stuff that are out there that your kids are going to be interested in. They're going to be learning about. Educate yourself as a parent or an uncle or a grandmother or whatever on these things that they're, they're interested in. Well, and I was actually talking to a friend today about this, and um, her kids have gotten a little bit into Pokemon cards partially through our kids <laughs> um whoops and uh but you know she's like i i know i need to learn how to do some of these things it's just hard you know because i don't care about it that much but i do but she did realize she was talking specifically actually about minecraft at this point 
Um, she said, I've, I've played Minecraft. I don't really enjoy Minecraft. I kind of, it feels a little pointless to me. I do not like playing Minecraft. But what she said was because she has a child who suffers a little bit from some social anxieties and, you know, awkwardness and things like that. She said, I'm so, so glad we have Minecraft because basically my kid can now be instant friends with any little boy his age because he's oh, into yeah. Minecraft and somebody can just bring up Minecraft and suddenly they have so many things to talk about. And then it just grows from there. Like they're basically friends by the time their conversation is done. And for him, that has been a really significant development. And I was like, that's what love thy nerd is. That's basically. exactly what it is. Um, because, and you can do that as a parent with your kid as well. If you just engage them about that thing. And it is torturously boring at certain points. Sweet um, baby Jesus. It is so boring sometimes. <laughs> Caleb comes home from the library with Minecraft books and then just wants to sit down and do the thing in Minecraft. And then he yes. wants to come and tell me, because we've learned this thing about our, our kid, right? Specifically Caleb, that he is He's an instruction guy. He has like an engineer mindset. Very formulaic, very methodic patterns. Give him and, yeah, and give him the way. You know, that yeah, that that's what he connects with. And so he does that. And then he he has basically what boils down to like a photographic memory. Um, you know, he has he's very he remembers things very easily. Very good memorizer. And whether it's, you know, ob obviously visual or auditory or whatever. And so he'll come back and he'll just start regurgitating all of that information. Word for word. Yeah. Yes. And so, honestly, when I don't want to, I have to say, hey, bud, tell me about Minecraft. Or you got a new pack of Pokemon cards. Can you tell me about some of the characters? You know, or can you tell me about whatever? Like, just allow him to to teach me about the thing that he loves because I will tell you something absolutely magical happens when you let somebody teach you something about their fandom and everybody has a fandom whether it's uh you know you're into football that's a fandom it's so for crying out loud that is a fandom they're not nerds come on oh they are big time nerds don't put me on a pedestal to go into a spiel about how football is an abstract strategy game. Chess is also, I'm already up there, I'm going to do it. Chess, it. chess is an abstract strategy game, okay? You have different pieces that move around the table and they have specific movements and there are rules and there is a winner and a loser. Okay, so that's an abstract strategy game. doesn't matter what it is that it's doing. It could be about anything. You could change the theme of chess to anything you wanted and it would still play the same thing. That's football. And then you Plus exemplify that. Concussions. Well, yeah, with concussions. It's, yeah, it's full contact chess. Plus you, you like boost that to the highest level when you add in fantasy football. Yeah, yes. Where you're tracking fantasy stats. Football, it's basically an RPG at that point. Yeah, I mean, the athleticism is a huge variable. Yeah. So in that regard, I disagree with you. But fantasy football, absolutely. Yep. I'm telling you. It, yep. It, if you think of the coach as the actual player of the game and the people on the field as the pieces, it's an abstract strategy game, 
boom, roasted. Okay, so uh, off my high horse pedestal over. Let somebody teach you something about their fandom, whether it's, you know, my seven-year-old son teaching me or whether it's your niece or your nephew or your grandkids or whatever. Like if you don't understand what it is that they're doing. Or fantasy football. Whatever it is. I've done that. Just let somebody teach you about it because I promise you, this is what we do as Love Thy Nerd when we go to nerd culture events and conventions all over the states. It's just like we sit down with somebody and say, tell me about your game. Or, man, I've always wanted to learn about that. Can you teach me? And you instantly have a connection rather than me coming in and saying, I'm, I'm just not interested. I think this is stupid. Can we, re can we do something else? How about we play something I'm interested in? I mean, it's the same, it's the same um, I guess, concept that we all know works in relationships on a marriage level or a, you know, significant other. Like, I mean, when we were kind of probably about half, halfway to where we are now in our marriage, yeah. um, I decided I wanted to try and teach myself how to play Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. I remember this moment. So I spent, I had never been more in love with you. See? Than I was at saying. that moment. Like I try I failed, everybody. Big spoiler alert. <sighs> I was I was not really good at it at all because I didn't grow up playing video games and so my muscle memory is not it's not wired for controllers. <laughs> it's wired for knitting needles and yeah. I'm not kidding. So Which is tedious and monotonous. And, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway. That was, that was a big deal to you. That yeah. was a big deal to you. Um, we do it with um, the things we watch, the things that we stream. Um, you know, we don't always love what's on the TV, but we, those of us with pretty successful relationships yeah. share the remote and have been, you know, have learned to find that balance, most of us, I would say. Um, so this is kind of that same concept in your relationships with your kids where you're kind of you're sharing conversational and interest control with them because it's an easy yes to your kids to say, yeah, I'll sit and listen to you about Pokemon cards or even maybe try and play. Yeah. Um, which is maybe a bigger stretch. Yeah. But maybe it's going and picking out cards or, you know, or going and finding some you know, for them somewhere, but somehow it connects you and you have something to talk about and you're kind of making deposits into them and saying yes to them when you can so that you have something to go on when the harder times come. Absolutely. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be just somebody inside of your family, but this, this works with complete strangers as well. Like people that you may be forced into a situation with. People love to, to know and to be known. Like we say that all the time in our organization, and it is true. If you ever find yourself in a situation where you don't have anything to talk about, ask the other person about themselves. We ask love. them if they've seen the latest Star Wars movie. Well, be careful because just i'm just we mamacita <laughs> like it is a hot button issue if you don't know about what's going on with stars right now i'm not going to spoil anything but like we're all the way through episode nine now uh and the rise of skywalker and needless to say 
the nerds are divided. Uh, yeah. It is what we on the internet call a dumpster fire, um, which is, it may be a controlled burn, but they always burn really hot for a long time. Definitely polarizing. Yeah. So. I don't uh, understand why. You could, you could ask somebody about Star Wars so long as you don't have a strong opinion on the other side. So maybe that's the caveat. <laughs> If you're going to ask somebody about something to learn, to understand about it, so that you kind of know what's going on inside of their brain, and to build relationship, which is really the, the base of this, all of it, right? Don't have an opposing view that's going to divide the relationship you're trying you to build. You can have it. You just need to maybe yeah. not express it you just immediately. Bottle it up. Loudly. Tuck it way down. <laughs> So if you think back to like early, the early 70s, probably like 70, 74, maybe even early to mid 70s, there was a thing going around called satanic panic. And you may be familiar with that if you're listening to this podcast as a part of Christianity back then. And basically what satanic panic was, was Dungeons and Dragons is evil, 100% evil. And then out of that came... Magic the Gathering, which was made by the same company, and it's a card game, and there were a lot of things, a lot of mud that was slung on both sides, but basically what happened was you were not allowed to play card games or board games or dice games or role-playing games or whatever because everything got roped in to the same thing, that if you were living or creating or engaging in a fantasy world, then you were escaping and you were summoning demons and you were doing all sorts of this stuff. I can tell you that that's not what it is because of what I've learned. I, I grew up in that. I was born in 86, to be fair, but I grew up with the ramifications of satanic panic. And you grew up with the ramifications of satanic Absolutely. Yeah. panic. And so like, it's one of those things where when I go back and I emphasize do your homework, what I mean by do your homework is like actually learn about these things. Don't just take what other people, even what we're telling you right now, don't just take it as 100% biblical fact. Go do the research. Go find out about the thing because we have watched several videos on YouTube about Dungeons and Dragons. Pokemon. Pokemon. All the way up until currently, Pokemon Go, like the most recent iteration of a mobile game, still this idea of it's of the devil. And we at Love Thy Nerd specifically, we don't believe that there is any fine line between a game that you should play and a game that you shouldn't play. Like if, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, don't play it. Yep, that's the, that's the easy answer. If you don't want to, you don't have to. You don't have to explain to me about uh, violence in it, language in it, sexual conduct, or anything like that. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, do not play the game. Like, that's the easiest way to do it. And I would say the same thing. Like, when you go into it with somebody else who's playing, if they're playing a game that you don't agree with, maybe don't cast the judgment on their side. Don't project onto them. Because especially if they're not a Christian, we, have, we as Christians have to understand not everybody lives by our rule set. So and not everybody has the same, you know, proclivity towards certain things and right. um, traumatic history or anything like that. People are very, very different. And so yeah. what, what is a sin issue or a 
you know, there are just people who are more sensitive to certain things sure. than other people. And so there are just going to be issues. Yeah. We would use the word stumbling cannot, block, right? You cannot broad brush um, something as being good or bad. I think it's easy to do that when it's like, sure. It's definitely, definitely a gray area right here. I was talking with somebody on Twitter not too long ago and tr just really trying to understand the, where this person was coming from about a specific game, which I'm not going to mention here because it's just not important. But at the end of it, they told me what they felt about that game and why they don't want anybody playing it. And if you're playing it, then you're not my friend. And I basically said, well, if, if I'm playing that game, I would really hope that that wouldn't disqualify me from friendship with you. And I finally got down to the nitty gritty of why. And I said, thank you for explaining that to me. I will never ask you to play that game ever because I know what that's going to bring up in your life. And so it's that easy. Like we don't have to do that. If you know that this is going to cause your brother or sister or your friend or whomever to stumble, like it's going to make them really mad. Don't do that thing. Don't force the issue, especially if you're trying to like bring somebody out of something, you know, like you're only going to make them more mad. You, you catch more flies with honey than you do trash, poop, I don't know, other things. A lot of flies I would come argue, to poop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe the yeah. analogy doesn't work. Bees. Bees. Yes, you catch sure. more bees with sweetsies. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, there, there, are, there are some games that we would recommend to play. And these particular games are not necessarily quote-unquote Christian games. Uh, because a game's not going to go to heaven when it dies. So to say that a game is Christian uh, is, is very misleading. Right. Uh, yes. But these games do not have Christian themes or necessarily overarching Christian morals or anything like that. But these are games that you can play with other people that they will enjoy. Family game night. That don't generally have anything that even... You know, people on church staff or your most oh yeah, you can play these with staunch, anybody. you know, church ladies or whoever would object. These to. are very safe games. Very, yeah. very, because these are all games that we have played with people in that category. Mm -hmm. Which really, the whole point of this podcast, right? And like you're listening to it because you're interested in these things. These are kind of the areas where we're feeling the pressure as nerds. Is it's is it okay for me to be a nerd in church culture? And the answer is yes. I have figured out how to do it and let us impart some of that knowledge on you. So here, here's a quick list of games and we're just going to blow through them. We're going to blow straight through them and kind of tell you who they're by and then you can use the Google machine to go find them. Uh, we will also have this list ready for you probably in the show notes or somewhere on social media for you to be able to pick these up. So. Um, just be be ready to to look for that. So the first game here is a game called Throw Throw Burrito. And if you've ever played Spoons, I'm going to guess you grew up in a church, went to a youth group once or twice, probably two of those two times your youth group played Spoons. Some people do it at family reunions too. Oh, okay. Family yeah. reunions. I do not want to play that at a family reunion. <laughs> I can remember flipping tables over Spoons. Oh, yeah. One time there was a child thrown. In <laughs> one of the rounds that I played. I'm very interested in that later. Yeah, uh, okay. We'll talk about that. This is a game by the creators of Exploding Kittens, and it's a party game. So when I say it's a party game, you can play it up to 
X number I of mean, people. I mean, there there is a set number, but you can also purchase multiple copies of that, it, yeah. and you know, to increase your yeah your max. And I will say that Christmas of 2019, Anna and I were personally responsible for at least three copies of this game going out to families, whether we gave it to them or they purchased it based on our recommendation. Mm -hmm. So that's Throw Throw Burrito by the creators of Exploding Kittens, and you can get that at throwthrowburrito.com or your local Target. Yes. Uh, next, we have Beast of Balance by Sensible Object. Ooh, this is wee. a dexterity game. So just think games that you're you're balancing. It, it's very tactile. You're you know doing things with your hands. So this has a. Um, it's also uh, kind of digital as well because yeah. it has a component where you can um, connect it with a, an app um, to an iPad. Yep. And um, but you don't have to play with it that way either. So if you're in a situation where your electricity has gone out or, or what your internet's down or whatever, it doesn't matter. Game goes um, analog because you're you fine. can. Yeah, it's you're stacking different um, animals on top of each other and um, trying to just not let it fall down. Yeah. Um. So that one's it's it's like if you like Jenga, you might like this one, but it's better. Oh yeah, this this game right here is my number one game of all time beast of balance by sensible object highly recommend also if you're into like old school kind of games like we talked about monopoly earlier i don't think you should play monopoly don't play monopoly disclaimer if you like monopoly that's fine we still love you jesus still loves you and that's the important thing but if you like monopoly and you don't want to play like bibleopoly or Marble Falls Opoly or whatever Opoly, like you don't have to. You can play what's called Monopoly Gamer Edition. This has a definitive end, and you can play it in either Mario form or Mario Kart form. And it takes less than an hour. Oh, so man. that's the big winner for most people that I talk to is like, Monopoly takes so long, and I don't hate Monopoly, but there just reaches this point where everybody's mad at each other, and we're all hungry, and it's been too long. Yep. You're not going to have that problem with this edition of Monopoly, because even the creators of Monopoly figured out that there were some some issues. Yeah. Um, and so they ha they are doing a, a decent job at actually writing oh, like it. that ship. So yeah. We have enjoyed that a lot. Special abilities, boss battles, Picking up definitive little ending. Coins? Yeah, no more fun. cash coins. Yeah. Ooh -wee. Excellent. Yeah, I like that one. Um, the next one is Grim Masquerade. So this, it's by Skybound Games and Druid City Games. This is a social deduction game. Um, and it's your, your fairy tale characters, grim fairy tale characters. So if anybody has a problem with, you know, Rumpelstiltskin or something, then maybe they might not like this game. But if they do Disney, they're going to be fine with yeah, this game. Hundred uh, percent. And you, are, you are a character, and you're trying to keep your identity secret while trying to guess other people's identity. Um, somewhat like Clue, perhaps. Yeah. Um, would be a good comparison. It's definitely not a one to one by any means. Um, but this is it's a good. It's gone over well with every every person we've played this one with. Oh yeah. Yeah, and there is no player elimination. So even if you get guessed and you're out, you're still playing as the yes. game's going on. So. And I and I would say too that there is it's a it's you can make it as simple or as deep as kind of you want to. You can play a pretty simple version, but there are several 
variations to bring complexity to it for older players or more experienced players who just want a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, next is going to be Parks by Keymaster Games. And this is my second favorite game of all time. When you build a list of games that you want people to play, you put your favorite games on there. It's the power. Too much power for one I man to yield. I do really like this game. It is so chill. It's basically an adventure. It's a hiking adventure game that you're going on that allows you really to create memories about something that never happened. Like it, we're, we're going on this fantasy hike. You're hiking and I'm hiking and I'm trying to have the best hike that I can. You can do things like collect different resources. You visit national parks. All 59 of the national parks are in there. You're making this sound like a role-playing game, but and it's not. I play it like a role-playing game. So I had the opportunity to teach this at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia this year in 2019. And when you, there are times where you can take pictures. And in order to enhance the experience, I said, this is a new house rule. Anytime you take a picture, you have to explain what happened during that picture. Share that memory with us. So you're creating a memory and a shared experience across a table about a thing that never happened. It's so it, absolutely wonderful. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it has really cute Ooh. little wooden pieces that also game. fit together. So if you're a fidgeter, it's wonderful. Yeah. Love it. Doesn't matter how long the turns take because there's always something for you to do and mm -hmm. build. And have fun with. Yeah. I could go on and on about parks, but we have a couple more games that we want to get to. Anna, what's the next one you got there? Carcassonne by Z-Man Games. This is a tiling game. This game is awesome. It's old. I don't know when the first publishing was, but it's an older game. Um, but this is actually one of my favorites, if I had to make a list. Uh, I played this game with my mom. Uh, we lived with them for almost a year, and we played almost every day at lunch. Um, it's very, because it's tiling, it can be different every time. Yeah. Um, it's strategy, um, but it's simple enough that you could play it um, with a child. They're not going to get the scoring. You'll have to do the scoring for them, but they They'll can see they can see what kind of goes with what, and that's it's kind of just matching and yeah. putting little, putting little uh, meeple. That's the little wooden guys. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know that term, out on your. We out will game explain in a further episode because I think that's going to be important too. But right now, just write these terms down. And you can Google them later. Uh, so another one that we have is a game called Railroad Inc. And this is by Simon C M O N Games, and they call themselves Come On, but I refuse to do that because they've been. I think Simon. it looks like Come On. Uh, well. It was apostrophe. That's all it needs. Here's the deal. They've called themselves Simon for so long. Stands for cool mini or not. Not they're, short they're for always, sea monster. Not short for sea monster. No. So, uh, anyways, this is a roll and write game, which I love these kinds of games because I I describe them as it is a single player game in a multiplayer environment. One person is going to roll the dice and put them out there, and in this particular game, everybody uses those dice that are out there and the outcome of the dice to then do the best railroad that they can on their board. You could play this game and games like it on the internet with a thousand people. It would never matter because everybody is just trying to play the best game that they possibly can on their board. Kind of like uh, bingo. You it's know, you very play, bingo. It's not bingo, but how you can play with an entire room full of people. Yep. Anybody who has one of those little cards can play. Absolutely. It's very similar to that. 
Yeah. And so that's uh, Railroad Inc. by Simon Games. It's a roll and write max player count kind of game. Uh, the last one we're going to talk about is Word Domination by Uproarious Games. So if you enjoy... Um, Scrabble. Like Scrabble. Yeah. Things that are spelling kinds of games, you'll like this game. It's a little bit more, I guess, aggressive than Scrabble, although it's I know some aggressive, really yeah. aggressive Scrabble players. Well, the, the yelling at somebody across the table is different than exploding your words. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, there's it's, it's tile-based as well, but um, yeah, letters and yep. you're spelling things and you're trying, and, you, and there are other little cards that are abilities and things, so it adds some different kinds of strategy than Scrabble, not your grandmother's Scrabble. <laughs> and I, I love spelling games personally, and so Word Domination, I wanted to add to this list. She did, yeah. She, I thought it needed a spelling game. I, th I think you're right. I picked this game up. I love Aquarius Games and all of the stuff that Jeff Beck, this creator, does. I mean, I, I just think he's great. He's got an, a great game coming out later um, called Intrepid that is just going to be 100% fabulous. So... Hopefully I get to talk about that when it comes out because I think everybody should play it. Um, but hey, anyways, those are just a couple of games, and I mean like a couple games that you could play at your friendly local game store or a game night at your church or family game night or even bringing people over to invite them into this hobby. If you don't know where to start, this is a perfect place for you to start because all of these games are very inviting. And if you need help with those games, you can just ask us. Uh, you can ask me or Anna, and we would love to help you with that. Or you can go to lovethynerd.com and find out more and how to get in contact with us to learn how to play these games or just use the Google bot. Or where to get them. Yeah. Or where to get them. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, guys, we're going to take another quick break and listen to some more great music right here on Back Row Radio. Okay, so here is a question that I get all the time. What are games that Christians should play? And I said in the previous segment, and I'll say it again because I feel like it bears repeating. I don't know that there is a definitive list of games that we as Christians should or should not play. I think it's a, it's, it's a bit of a misunderstanding. We were talking about that a little bit before we got rolling. Um, in my opinion, though it's really not always a popular one in Christian circles, uh, is that the church doesn't really have a great track record when it comes to like media, games, and music, and all sorts of stuff. I know that you're on a Christian radio station, but you've got to, you guys have to know that Matt plays bangers on this station. Like he goes to great lengths to put good songs on this station. He didn't play all of it, okay? Because not all of it is good. And we know that because we grew up in an era where it wasn't all good. Christian music and television and... Veggie Tales was a big deal because it was decent, you know? Some of us, you know, had the aforementioned birthday parties around yeah. stuff like that. But when you hold it up to other stuff, you get outside of the bubble, it doesn't really hold up a lot of the time. Mm. So I like to tell people, like... For instance, I, I feel like some of that stuff comes across as really preachy. Um, I know that you and I, we were at a, a youth worker conference, and we kind of got shanghaied into watching a movie, screening a movie that they told us was not going to be Christian, and you're going to want to, you know, this is cool, you're going to want to bring your, your non-Christian friends to it, and 
it's going to be fine. And then we watched it and we were like, you did it again. Yeah, we did not want to bring our friends to that movie. I think I think a lot of it, um, it is very trite. Everything's tied up into little bows or it's like everything in the, in the game has to have or in the movie has to have some like Jesus juke. You know, you know that that terminology of like you think you're having a normal conversation and then oh Jesus Jesus juke. <laughs> um, and so the only time I feel like that was acceptable was in Nacho Libre when all he was trying to do was baptize his partner. Like that's it. Like he, do you remember seeing Nacho Libre? It was I, your flavored movie. It's not. But he like he surprised baptized him. <laughs> you're not being baptized. Yeah. Well. We're not trying to do that to every person because I think as Christians, when people know that you're a Christian, they already feel on guard about that, like it's going to happen. Absolutely. And so if we can not surprise them or like... It's not gotcha Christianity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with Love Thy Nerd, we don't do that at all. We have people that come up to us and they wait for that moment to happen. And we literally will tell them that's not what's going to happen here. If you want to ask me questions, I'll answer your questions. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you and to prove it by having a relationship with you. Regardless of if you ever come around to my way of thinking or not, like that's, that's not my end goal. My end goal is to share the love of Jesus with you in every way that I possibly can. I coined a phrase called, uh, I, I call it passive discipleship, that I'm going to do the things that I think Jesus would do in any given situation. I mess up 90% of the time, let's be fair, but, but I'm going to do the things that I think Jesus would do, and I'm going to love you in a way that I think Jesus would love you, and you're going to be discipled by that. You're, you're going to feel that tension and that change and that being different, really whether you like it or not. It's not forced upon you, but it's just the way that I'm going to live my life while I'm around you. And I will tell you that that has been more positive than if I had drugged somebody kicking and screaming behind my Christianity. Um, So you pull that into media, movies and games and TV and all that stuff, and here's what you normally get is things that are too big. Like in the game world, think of a video game. Uh, there is a game called Bible Adventures. Hey, don't, you're going to step on my, on my preparation. Oh, you got some stuff here. Well, I, I, all I'm saying is like, there are some things out there and I, I know that if you Googled this, um, you would probably find some stuff that is, uh, you, you probably find a list of very positive and encouraging games. Well, I think that. Hold on. I mean, there was a, I'm trying to think of what it was called. We had a Christian computer game, like PC game. Oh, what was it called? I don't know. You were like this little person trying to get through the world and you were like coming up against different concepts like fear and could it have been the left behind computer game no it was that was a thing that existed it wasn't that i can't remember what there was was also a game called noah's ark 3d that was uh based on the doom engine like the wolfenstein 3d engine that was unlicensed at the time and so they they took it 
and they made a Noah's Ark game where Noah was going through the ark, shooting little food pellets at <laughs> the animals, putting them I'm to sleep. I'm going to say this. I have not yet played a good Noah's Ark game. Uh, you probably never will. Yeah. But I did learn when we were uh, in homeschool this year, we were looking at Christmas um, in early America. And they were talking about how most families didn't get toys or, or games or anything for Christmas. Yeah. But when they finally started to kind of come into popularity, one of the most popular things was a Noah's Ark set. And that kids would just play with all those minifigs. Like, just drown them. No. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what they did with them. <laughs> but that was a really popular thing. So maybe that Noah's Ark, just a, just a Noah's Ark a set. Tangible. Yeah. Just Christian army men set. Yes. Christian army men. Basically. Um, okay, so you, you found a list. I did on the find online. a list because I think so when somebody asks, what's a Christian game that I could play? Not or if something. When. Right. I feel like they're asking one of two things. What one, they might just be asking, what's a what's a good game that I could play with my Christian friends? Okay. Or they might be asking, like, what is a Christian-themed game? Like, if we're not talking, if there's no scripture quoted by the end of it, it's not a Christian yeah. game. Um, this one, the Christian games shouldn't, it shouldn't be wins and losses. It's how many salvations did you get at yeah, the end of the game? Yeah, or like, how were we encouraged in our faith yeah. by this game? So I actually did a little a little Google search. and go. um. This is, I think, when people talk about Christian games, it's these kind of games where we're like, ah, cringe. Yeah. Not good. Uh, Bibleopoly is obviously <sighs> called it. Number called it. one. If you have ever played Bibleopoly, I don't even like to play Monopoly. And this is just, <laughs> it's, it's real bad, in my opinion. These are all opinions, people. So if you don't agree with me, that's okay. Um, apples to apples. Bible edition. Oh, okay. is actually a thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh and it it's like they have characters like Billy Graham and Martin Luther and okay. stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um a game called Solomon's Temple. Oh. Which is um a board game which it's just about trying to build like construct the temple. I guess. So I don't really know if it's like resource management, but it says you can have like invading armies and construction delays and punishment for sins. <laughs> Thank S the Lord. And so on. Apparently has very poorly written directions and people get very frustrated while they're playing. <laughs> in, in the blog that says, that recommends this game, they mentioned that it has a lot of frustrated reviews. But because it's a Christian game, you put yes. it on a Christian list of games you should play. Yes. Next is the American Bible Challenge board game, which apparently Oof. is... Do you know what that is? No. Well, I just heard what it was. It was a game show hosted by Jeff Foxworthy first. You're trying to say, are you smarter than a fifth grader? I don't know what Are I'm you trying smarter to say. than a fifth grade All homeschool kid. I know kid. is that on this preview of a YouTube video of this game being played with Jeff Foxworthy as the host, there are nuns. So excellent. 
Well, there were nuns in Sister Act, and we liked that movie. <laughs> that was my first Disney Prime uh, or Disney, Disney, Disney Plus. Yeesh, Disney Prime. Disney Sorry. Prime. Sorry, Disney. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Disney Plus. That was my first Disney Plus view. Uh, next is the Action Bible Guess It game. Uh, and they had available in King James and NIV. Oh, bless up. And Thank you. The message. Okay. They're really with yeah. it. Uh, I don't even know what it's about. Guessing things. The Bible, probably. This one sounds excellent. Faith and Redemption Christian board game. Those are just words. <laughs> you can't. Okay. I mean, I... Uh, it's the game of life. Uh... <laughs> but Christian. Are you guys sensing a pattern here? Bible sequence? Um, which is... It says it's kind of like tic-tac-toe or connect four. It's a quick, fun game that can help anyone understand biblical stories better. Tic-tac-toe, I have several questions that I'm not going to ask. Tic-tac-toe has ever taught me anything. (laughs) And I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around how I would learn. Continue. Please continue. Champions of faith. How many more are on this list? I, I only have. All Aboard the Ark and Just Bible Taboo, which I have played. Bible, Bible Taboo. Taboo? Yes. Yes. Um, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus who might someday listen to this. Yeah. But I have played this and it's, you know, it's what it, it is what it sounds like. <laughs> it is what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, so. I hope you were catching a theme here with this. And the first word to come to mind is not fun. Um, it, we do this thing as Christians where we say you have to do these things within these parameters. And then you get into like media and TV and movies and games, whether board or video, and you start to kind of push things that are quote-unquote worldly and secular out. And when you do that, you push the fun out with it. Because if all you're going to do is reskin games, but put a Christian theme on top of that game, nobody's going to want to play that game. That's why I eventually ditched ditched VeggieTales. Like... Because they were just reskinning. It's all they were doing. Yeah, just parodies. What of, was the Lord of the Rings one? Yeah, it's a, something about Lord of the Beans. Yeah, Lord yeah. of the Beans, that's exactly what it was. That, that was Wizard the moment of I was out. And, yeah. you know, all kinds of stuff. So, like, for instance, with all of this in mind, like, I, I, my favorite Christian movie of all time is The Book of Eli with Denzel Washington and Gary Oldman. And that movie is fantastic. Now, I will say it is a rated R movie and it earns its R rating, okay? And I don't like it because it's R rated. I like it because it did a great job of keeping people engaged in the content that was happening. It put an emphasis on scripture on both sides, the good guy and the bad guy, and why the Bible was important. It showed the power of God in that movie, and it put it all in a space where somebody who couldn't care any less about Jesus or God or Christianity would watch that. 
and talk about it and enjoy it. Yeah, it's definitely a powerful movie. And there was no... It's not that I don't think that films by a certain Christian filmmaker. <laughs> this is the are, sound of us dancing around. Uh, yeah. Because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. No, if you enjoy those I, movies. I know there are people who really love movies like Fireproof and. Facing the Giants. Yeah, that Love Dare. Oh, no, that was Fireproof. Well, but still, <laughs> still, you know. Or God's Not Dead. God's Not Dead. Things like that. God's Not Dead 2. God's Not Dead 3. I, I know God's people, Still Not Dead. Yeah. Yeah, all of those. <laughs> um, I, it's just there are so many moments in those where I just feel kind of cringy. Yep. If I'm being completely honest, and the book of the book of Eli, not not one second, unless it was cringing at like just the evilness of yeah. of what you were looking at at a a godless society who didn't have scripture at all. And what it had come to was like, that's icky. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't like that. I don't want to watch that. But you, you know? fast forward to the very end of the movie and Denzel's laying on a couch or a bed Spoilers, or whatever. Spoilers, bro. Well, it happens. And he's, he's laying on and he's quoting scripture. I right. wasn't like, I'm in the wrong movie theater. Yeah. I need to be somewhere else right now. <laughs> you know, because sometimes I like ashamed, like we we're talking about, like ashamed to be here. Like, oh, this yeah, is... It's just, it feels you know. uncomfortable even to me as a Christian. Yes. Which is... I feel sad saying that. Jim Gaffigan has a bit where he's talking about people praying around him. He's like... Best comedian. Could you do that somewhere else? You know, like <laughs> having having that moment and, you know, it's like I don't want to feel ashamed. I don't want this, but I don't want just everybody to love me and, and to be accepted and all that stuff. And I know that we, we should not be ashamed of the gospel, Awana. Right. You know, and like, but at some point we have to be able to present it in a way that the world will hear it. And I think that there are ways to do that. So specifically within games, please hear me. There are ways to do it in games. We gave you some examples of maybe ways not to do it, but there are ways to do it. And we are friends with, um, you know, a Christian publishing company called Kara Games, C-H-A-R-A. And they make games and publish games that have overtly Christian themes. But the caveat here is that they have engaging gameplay and they're fun. Mm -hmm. And they're good games to play and it's not Bibleopoly and it's not, you know, reskins of other things. And just because he is a game developer, it's very well thought through on a strategic level. Oh, yeah. It's very balanced because we have a game that we got for the kids it's a Noah's Ark game, and it's it's called Two by Two. I can't really recommend uh, it just because, ugh. you know, it's it's an ark and it's cute, and you know that's great. But it's the barely, gameplay barely is it's not super well thought through, yeah. And so that is frustrating. And so these games that we're going to talk about here from Kara Games, nobody is going to question it on a gameplay level, nobody, because it's great gameplay. Yeah, it is deep it is yeah like i said balanced it's just wonderful love it so the first one is called commissions uh commissioned rather and it's if you've ever heard of a game called pandemic the whole purpose of this game is that you are trying to stop an outbreak 
like viral outbreak all across the world. It's a fantastic game, 100% co-op. Love everything about that game. Love co-op games. It didn't make it onto our list earlier because I don't know that I would necessarily break that out at a game night. It's maybe not the first game I would introduce people to. Once you've played a couple games with a group, I would say bring Pandemic out and then we could play that. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to squash these four different types of viruses. Okay, so you're trying to eliminate everything off the board. In Commissioned, the story of it is you are trying to spread Christianity. You are basically like virally, in. Virally, yeah. Yeah, you, it's, it's reverse pandemic. So instead mm-hmm. of squashing it, you're trying to spread it. And you have all of these trials and all these things that are raising up against you and things that can happen that, you know, maybe cause a flood or snuff out a church or whatever. But each player gets a different apostle that they get to play as. And each apostle has abilities. And you basically, in a nutshell, are trying to spread Christianity throughout the known world at that time, like the, you know, the, the, the Middle East there. Mm-hmm. And it is a lot of fun. And it is heavy Christian theme. Heavy. But it's also it's historical Christian history. You know, it's a historical because you're there is a lot. They did a lot of um, like appendices. Oh, types yeah. Of things yeah. in, in um, the, the game instruction so that you really they, you know, they did their scriptural All, documentation yeah. as well as historical documentation of what was going on at that time, because there are certain things in, that happened. Um, some of those trials and things, even though some some of those advance the yeah. the the spread of the gospel, which is really what you see happen um, historically when they were persecuted and tried to squash oh, yeah. out, it would spread. And so you see certain things like that in gameplay, and um, so it's really something that I'm excited to play with our kids eventually they won't be ready until they're teenagers yeah. to play this game because it is very deep, but it's a wonderful. It's a great game for a Christian group. It's a great game for a homeschool group that's either, you know, trying to teach more about Christianity, how it spread, or just the history of the world at that time, like in that area. And also, honestly, I, I've tried to bring it out with, with other game groups before and haven't been able to get it to table Mainly because I didn't, I don't push for it hard enough. Um, that's that's something that's on me, but it's not one that I am ashamed to get out and bring yeah. out. I always have it out on a table or whatever, like ready for somebody to choose to play. So, commissioned by Kara Games is a great one. You can find that on Amazon. Um, you can pick that up right now. Also, another one that they have is called Soul of the Empire. And if you like like asymmetric war games of attrition, um, uh, games of attrition like Risk and stuff like that, with okay. With asymmetry, you love Didn't these games. Didn't know what that... No. Yeah. No, I don't. No, you hate these games. But so like asymmetry, you like root. I like yeah, root. Yeah, so, so uh, asymmetry means each person has their own player aid, their player board, and each faction, basically, this game plays four players, each faction has their own movement type, they have their own attack type, they have their own win condition, they have... Everything is symmetrical, asymmetrical to that player. But... You're all playing together on the same board, trying to thwart the other person and also reach your win condition. So the thing that's different about this game from Commissioned is A, gameplay, but also B, you may be playing as the bad guy. 
Mm. You know, you may be playing as the Roman Empire mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. So, yeah, like Risk or Axis and Allies yeah. or if you have people around you, Absolutely. you enjoy those kinds of games. They're going to. And you can this. still play it within a, a Christian education kind of theme there. And this one is not for everybody. So please don't jump in and be like, oh, you recommended that game and I bought it and I don't like it. You may not. Um, but I'm trying to help you guys understand games that are Christian by Christian developers that you could bring to table if you absolutely had to have a game that was quote unquote Christian. So there's that one. Another one, one that we love. Oh my goodness. Sunday School Answers. Oh, This game is hilarious. So if you need like a Christian themed party game, this game is where it's at, which I think that is usually when people say, I want a Christian game. Yeah. That's usually what they're thinking of as a party game. Don't play apples to apples, Bible, <laughs> King James, whatever it is that you were talking about. Like, don't play that game. Play this game. This one, now I will say this. It's it's definitely more tongue in cheek. Oh, yeah. Than it's, that I think the other. word is fun. I think fun, yeah. yes. It's, you know, kind of like apples to apples can be as sarcastic as as the players at the table. Yep. And so, you know, your room is going to determine kind of how it goes. But it's just, oh, it's, it's so much fun this. if you're playing with people who have been in church for a really long time. Really any amount of time. We, we have we've played this at our life group several times, and every single time people are in tears. They are laughing so hard their sides hurt. Um, it, just you get physically exhausted playing this game mm-hmm. because of how much you're laughing. It's just fun. And you guys may already know this, but Back Row Baptist has an expansion for this game already. And Love Thy Nerd is also making an expansion in 2020 for this game as well. So that's just a shameless plug. We are only doing that because we like this game. We're not going to make any money off of it. You can ask Matt. Zero dollars. He made zero dollars off of this game. It's just to do something that we know that our community and you guys would love and enjoy. And when we love something, we want to put it in front of you. And if we can put our spin on it, why not? You know? So we're going to be doing that in 2020. And I say already, Sunday School Answers, whether or not you pick up any of those expansions, yep. is worth your time. Yep. There's also another game coming out called Deliverance, and it's more going to be of a dungeon crawl. So like, if you like RPGs and moving through and defeating things and getting gear and completing quests and stuff like that, this is going to be a game for you. And it is fantastic. It's wonderfully done. We had it demoed at our Love Thy Nerd convention that we had uh, in Love and Nerd Conference that we did in Dallas this past October. And we're going to get a copy of it when it comes out, and we're going to play it, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to push it, and we'll let you know how that game is coming along. It's not ready yet, but these are basically the four games that I would say put them in your house. Um, if you have to have Christian games, put them in your house. So, um, hey, guys, we're going to be back in just a second. Uh, while we're gone, why don't you guys listen to some of this wonderful Good Christian radio, uh, good Christian media sounds for your ear holes here, um, because not all of it's bad. And if you think that we're bashing things, but please don't hear us say that. We just want to make sure that you guys have information on where to get good quality stuff. And one of those places is right here on Back Row Radio. 
Hey guys, we are so grateful that you have spent just a little bit of your time today, wherever you are, whether you're listening to this syndicated on a podcast or live, not live for us, this is pre-recorded, but live for you on Back Row Radio. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with Anna and myself. And we want to make sure that you guys know where to find us specifically. So the easiest way to get to us is to go to lovethynerd.com. And on there, you're going to find a whole bunch of great things. We've got articles. We've got videos. We've got podcasts outside of this one. We have a whole bunch of stuff on there to help you understand better how to love and serve your nerdy neighbors. Because that's what we are all about with Love Thy Nerd. We want to create meaningful relationships with the nerds in your life. And if you have a question about something like Fortnite or... Grand Theft Auto or whatever it is, there's probably an article from one of our creative content oh, yeah. um, people. Absolutely. We got writers that put stuff out there. One of our main things that we want to do is to create thoughtful content. Not really big into game reviews. You can go another place and get a game review. We want you to think critically about the media that you or the people around you are consuming with their fandom. So if we can think... If we can get you, honestly, to think differently about uh, you know, something that somebody likes that you may not know anything about, maybe Doctor Who or whatever, like that's a win for us mm-hmm. to get you to understand where they're coming from. Finding redeeming value in certain things that you might have written off or maybe challenging some of the... Preconceived notions that you might have. Well, challenging some of the things in the industry as yeah. well um, to make sure that we're um, being the hands and feet of Christ to the secular game industry and things like that. So just yeah. a lot of good stuff either way. That's a big deal for us. That's, that's why Love Thy Nerd exists is we, we want to be able to change preconceived notions that the church has with nerd culture and that nerds have with church culture. Because we truly believe that for far too long, the church has been widely known, broad brush here, widely known for the things that divide us rather than the things that unite us. What do we stand against versus what do we stand for? Um, And we really think that we can help change that. And I can tell you that in the year and a half right now, at the time of this podcast that LTN has been around, we have seen the change in the industry because of the work that God has allowed us to put in. So we want to invite you to be a part of that. Even if it's just through listening to this morning show, this podcast, wherever you're consuming it, just being a part of that and allowing these ideas and these these thoughts and these practices to permeate how you view church and nerd culture and the intersection that there doesn't have to be but is right now. I mean, with over 2 billion gamers, quote-unquote registered gamers on the planet, the odds of them being at your church or your life group or wherever oh, you are. They're there. They are there. They are there. They are there. So we want to help you understand how to love and serve those nerdy neighbors just as well as anybody who loves the thing that you love um, because there is value and importance in those things. We also have, like I said, other podcasts, and we also have a Discord channel if you're into that. You can go to lovethynerd.com forward slash Discord and get in on that. We've also got a Facebook community that you can get to by going to Facebook and searching Love Thy Nerd Community. You can also find our page there as well on Facebook, as well as Twitter and Instagram. All you got to do is just search for at LoveThyNerd, and you're going to be able to find us on all of those things. Guys, please follow us, engage in our content, ask questions, let us pour into you, 
And I want to say this. If you have a church that you want to educate, please contact me, Bubba at lovethynerd.com. One of the main things that we want to start doing is getting into churches and educating them on nerds and nerd culture and how you can be a catalyst for loving and serving your nerdy neighbors right there in your own church or community. Well, guys, once again, I'm Bubba. I'm Anna. And be sure to tune back in to Back Row Radio every single Friday for a fresh episode of Church Nerds. And remember, if nobody else tells you, I promise it's true that Jesus loves you, nerd.